welcome 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 i'm gonna welcome you to yet another episode of the unpopular podcast and you know man i love the nba man i love basketball as a whole but these playoffs especially that last round really embodied why we love or why you should love the nba why i love the nba why i love basketball as a whole while it wasn't maybe as unpredictable as we expected there was some great matchups i'm I'm gonna talk about them i'm gonna talk about each one let's start with the probably the (laughs) the fastest one which is milwaukee and boston so boston lost the series one four and everybody was killing paul pierce because paul pierce went out game one after boston pretty much destroyed Milwaukee and like, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. And, and Milwaukee won by more than 10 points the rest of the way. But it was it, it's crazy to see a contrast in these two teams. You see, these two teams are a lot similar. As in players, they have a lot of players that 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 can play a solid role for a team. Of course, you have Giannis, you have Kyrie, you have. Jalen Brown, Michael Brogdon, and I'm not saying talent-wise these these players are equal, but these players, of course, play a central part in, in winning. What makes these two teams different is when you look at Milwaukee, Milwaukee doesn't have the same talent as players as nearly anybody in the playoffs, actually, or anybody that was in that last round or that's still in the playoffs, but... Everyone knows their role. They know who the alpha is, which is Giannis. They know, you know, the shooters. They know who's what, who gets the ball in the, in the, in the last plays, who, who who you run plays for. They know their job, and they don't deviate from their job too many times. Of course, you have one game where maybe Eric Bledsoe will go for 30 or 32 points or something like that. But if you look at those games, Giannis still controls the ball majority of the time. The reason why Milwaukee has been on a tear this year is because not only do you have Giannis, who is once in a generational player, but the team knows their role. On the flip side, you have Boston. You see, the worst thing that could have happened to Boston is being within a game of the NBA Finals last year. Now, yes, that is great for, of course, the team. Uh, they made it to the conference finals. Uh, it, it it was great for the team, but the worst thing you could have done is have that success and then come into this year and add two, well, one borderline super. I mean, he one superstar in in Kyrie and a all star player in Gordon Hayward who is coming off of an injury. When you have a team like a young team like that, while adding Kyrie, while adding Gordon Hayward, and one of those players, which is Kyrie, expects to be the leader day one, which rightfully, I mean, usually the best player should be the leader, but you know, we've seen that's not always the case. The when you have young players that have seen success without you, and then you come and be like, all right, I'm the leader. Now everyone's looking at you like, bro, what are you talking about? How are you the leader, but we did this without you? How do you expect us to follow you, 
but we did that we we went further without you that is the that that team i'm not gonna say doesn't know their role but doesn't want to play their or 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 doesn't want to confide to their role and that's what we saw the whole year from boston You'll have stretches when Boston looks like one of the worst teams in the league. Then you'll have stretches where they look unbeatable. Hell, they beat Golden State by like 40 points at Golden State. And when you have a team that knows everyone's role, plus you have a a once-in-a-generational player like Giannis going against a team where you have talent all around, but not everybody is bought into their role, and and they go against each other, you get what you saw with Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee, except for outside of round, uh, the first game, they ran through Boston. Like it, like, <laughs> like Boston didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs. And if you really look at Boston's, I mean, yeah, they beat Indiana, but they beat Indiana in the first round without a Victor Oladipo. When their, their main playmaker was Wesley Matthews and Bogdanovich. You know, Boston, Boston's in a weird spot right now. Boston has so much talent. Of course, you have Kyrie, who is now, who's going to be a a free agent. You have all these draft picks that you've, you know, accumulated from trades and, and of course, your own draft picks. And then you have the Anthony Davis situation. Now, for people that don't know. Anthony Davis demanded a trade from the Pelicans and the two teams that pretty much have the most or could give them the most or could give New Orleans the most for Anthony Davis is Boston and L.A., as in the Lakers. And that puts Boston in a odd position, not even an odd position, that puts Boston in a, in a, in a weird position. Do you give... Kyrie Irving because if if I'm if I'm if I'm Anthony Davis why would I well Boston without Kyrie is a better team than what New Orleans has of course but you're going for the draw of playing with Kyrie Kyrie with Anthony Davis that's a lethal group not to mention you don't really have to give up well you'll probably have to give up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, maybe Marcus Smart and, and pretty much most of your draft picks but Kawhi I mean I'm sorry Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving would be would be would be a sight to see. The thing about that is we don't know if Kyrie's going to stay and all indications from what we've seen this year looks like why would you stay? The team doesn't want to play with you like that. I mean, almost every week there's been reports of arguments somewhere. So if the team doesn't really want to play with you like that, you you made it, you didn't make it as far as you did without you. I don't, it, it's hard for me. Now, of course, Boston has already come out and said that they're trying to re-sign Kyrie. One, because you don't want to lose that talent for nothing. Two, because you still want to get Anthony Davis, and Kyrie is the biggest draw for getting Anthony Davis.
it's hard for me to see Kyrie stay. Now, of course, I could see him stay if there's a guarantee that they get Anthony Davis. And they, I mean, they had a history of friendship. If they want, if if they come together and say, "Hey, let's let's be one of the top or continue to be one of the top Eastern Conference teams and compete for a championship," let's do it. Now, of course, you also have the side story. Excuse me. Of Kyrie could join Kevin Durant somewhere because, of course, Kevin Durant people know is a free agent. That's a side story in and of itself, but Boston doesn't want to lose Kyrie. So that's that's something that we want to – it's going to be real tense come, come July for Boston because we don't know what they're going to do. Of course, you're going to get all the reports, you know, Anthony uh, – what's the name? Kevin Durant opts out of his player option. Kawhi, I mean, Kyrie Irving opts out of his player option. Kawhi Leonard opts out of his player option. We're going to see all that, and then, of course, oh, he's definitely leaving. That doesn't, I mean, why would you keep the player option when you can just get a whole new contract and they can pay you more? So so just just because a player opts out of the con, you know, opts out of the contract doesn't mean he's going to leave. But the three names that I just said, Kyrie, Kawhi Leonard, and KD, are definitely high risk of flight from each team. So it's it's crazy to see where Boston's going to go from here. It really is. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they can keep Kyrie. If they keep Kyrie, will they get Anthony Davis? If they lose Kyrie, will they still try for Anthony Davis? Like, there's, there's a lot of puzzle pieces that Boston has to figure out. And, and of course, they have time now since they ain't playing. But they'll, they'll have to figure it out. Now, for Milwaukee, Milwaukee... They haven't really been tested yet. Boston should have been their test, but they haven't been tested yet in these playoffs. They will be tested next round, and let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and Toronto Raptors series, which was arguably the most exciting series of the second round. Let's, let, me, let, me just, let me just put this out there. Kawhi Leonard's on a different level. I think... People say that we forgot how good Kyrie is. I mean, I'm sorry, Kawhi Leonard is. Kawhi never been this good. Kawhi wasn't this good when he won the Finals MVP. Kawhi wasn't this good the year after. He wasn't this good the year that he got injured uh, against, I mean, with Zaza Pachulia. Kawhi Leonard is playing the best basketball of his life. And because of that, Toronto is a team that should be feared. And what makes what makes Toronto to me and and disc, disclaimer I don't know if I said this on the in fact I probably did say this on the podcast I had Toronto and Golden State making it to the NBA Finals now I didn't have Toronto winning but I had them going to the NBA Finals because to me they had the two two slash three best players in the NBA, I mean, in the playoffs from Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Kawhi Leonard. Toronto is, is see, I, the reason why I picked Toronto to make it to the finals 
for people that didn't listen to the episode was because Toronto has so much. They have depth. They have defense. They're, they're like top two or three in the NBA in defense. They have a star player that they can, they can go get them a bucket in Kawhi Leonard. They have a, a solid supporting cast. Uh, you know, you have Kyle Lowry when he's when he's on. Danny Green. You have Serge Ibaka, Mark Gasol. Them getting Mark Gasol was huge. Yeah, that kind of cut their bench drastically, but you still bring on Mark Gasol, who's a great veteran. Toronto has a lot, and, and it's hard for me. It was hard for me to choose against to- Toronto. But if I was going to choose against Toronto, it would have been Philly. Philly, see, Philly losing this series. Oh, spoiler alert, Philly lost. And before I go back to Philly, before I go to Philly, Kawhi Leonard hit one of the craziest game winners in game seven. For people that didn't see it, please go look, man. The, that ball bounced damn near everywhere on the rim before it hit. And he hit it over Joel Embiid. I'm trying to tell you, man, Kawhi Leonard is is on a whole other level when it comes to this basketball stuff that he does. Yeah, and I think maybe he doesn't get a lot of credit because he's not demonstrative. He doesn't really give too much personality. Uh, he, he He's not he's not too high. He's probably too low, but... Kawhi Leonard is just, he just goes out there and hoop. He's not for the pleasantries. He just does what he has to do. And he led Toronto to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now let's talk about the 76ers. There is a lot, and I mean a lot, going on with the 76ers right now. The 76ers have, have some decisions to make. You have Joel Embiid, who is a top 10 player in the league. The problem is his 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 maturity is, is in question a lot of times. Also, he can't stay healthy. He is constantly hurt. We saw this series from, from hip and back pains to sicknesses. Nearly every game was something different. But when he's on, like I said, he's he's a top 10 player. You have Ben Simmons, who could be one of the best players in the league. The problem is he hasn't improved from the two years he's been playing. He hasn't improved. His jump shot damn near looks worse than it. No, it can't look worse. His jump shot is non-existent. And the worst part about it is he refuses. It's not like he just. I understand if you can't shoot, but you continue to shoot. Like Mark Smart. Mark, I don't know why the hell he keeps shooting, but he continues to shoot even though he can't shoot. Ben Simmons refuses to shoot, and he has the ball the most because he's the point guard. You have Jimmy Butler, who will be a free agent. You have Tobias Harris, who will be a free agent. And then you have Brett Brown, the coach. And some of the plays that he, I I don't know if he's a good coach or not. I know he has a good team, but I don't know if he's a good coach. Because we we look at some of the plays, of course, even like when we look at some of the plays down the stretch of these these games that they're in, close games. And they're really questionable, man. 
giving the ball to players that shouldn't even have the ball. Trusting, drawing up elementary plays. Like, this series, losing this series probably cost Brett Brown his job. When you have arguably the second best starting five in the league, and you lose to the second, you lose in the second round, when you're projected to go at least to the Eastern Conference Finals, somebody's somebody's going to be a scapegoat. Now, it might be well deserved that it's 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 Brett Brown, but this team this team needs to get their maturity in order, needs to get their priorities in order. They need to figure out are they going to pay Jimmy Butler and can they convince Jimmy Butler to stay? Because there are reports that the Lakers are looking at Jimmy Butler because that's probably the most realistic person they can get. Seeing as though I don't see them really getting any superstars. Maybe Kawhi. I mean, not Kawhi. Maybe Kyrie, but that's a that's a far stretch. Can they sign Tobias Harris? They're going to probably have to overpay. I don't know if Tobias Harris is worth a max contract, but Tobias Harris would be important to that team. The and their bench really is is <sighs> sucks. <laughs> Come, you got James Ennis, you got Mike Scott, you got T.J. McConnell who can barely get off the floor or can barely get on the floor of the series. You have Greg Monroe who seem seemingly has been on every damn team in the league. It's <sighs> Philly has a lot. They have a lot of talent, but they still have a lot to. They have a lot to figure out. Who deserves what money? Who's gonna who, Who's gonna get the money? Who's gonna stay? Will Ben Simmons ever? Again, it's not the fact that he his shot is off. It's just he his he can't shoot. Will Joel Embiid, you know, be a little more. In tr- uh, mature and it looked bad, you know, seeing him. He was weeping like he was. I understand you tear up when you lost, but this nigga, he was like he was welling. I understand, you know, you put your heart into it, but my my dude, man, come on, bro, man up. It's 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 always it's it's Philly. Philly has the makeup of a team to be to be great. They have the pillars to be a great team. It's just I don't think that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can coexist together due to the fact that Ben Simmons does not have a jump shot. So they both crowd the paint. Again, we still have to see if Jimmy Butler can stay or will stay. We have to see if Tobias Harris will stay. They just have a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs and a lot of a lot of things they need to figure out because again they're on the cusp of being a great team. It's just they have to figure some things out, man. And they're still young. They're still young, but there's it gets to a point where that excuse has to that excuse can't be an excuse anymore. Yeah, they're young, but even with youth, you're in the NBA. Your game should develop, should be developing as you continue to go. And the fact that it's not, and I'm looking at Ben Simmons at this point, the fact that it's not 
really really is is a question mark to me. If I was owning the team, it would be a question mark that you have all off season and you even had a year where you didn't play. So you've technically been in the league for three years, but because you had an injury year your first year, you're you know, you you weren't in your rookie year. That means you have all this time to get a jump shot right and you have yet to get that done. Philly has some things to figure out, man. They really this this offseason is going to be critical for them. Whether they're just going to be a great team that stays in the middle of the pact or are they going to make the necessary decisions and the necessary moves and the necessary improvements to be that real championship level team. We'll have to see. They're young though. They are young. And We'll have to see. That, uh, speaking of youth, let's go to Portland and, and Denver. On paper, Denver should have won this series. Yes, the game went seven. Yes, the, the series went seven games. And it was it was arguably this, one of the best series in, in the second round. But, man, look. I said before that youth should stop being an excuse. But, well, there are times when youth is not an excuse anymore. But looking at this Denver team, Denver, outside of the backcourt, is better at Portland in every single form. They have Nikola Jokic. They have Jamal Murray. They have Gary Harris. They have pieces that are great players. The problem is they've never been in a position where, to me, they have to perform. And it showed. Jamal Murray had a terrible series. Terrible series. While Gary Harris had a great series, he didn't have a good series offensively. He had a great series in the way he was defending Damian Lillard. But we just saw too many times late games or in games where they'll have bonehead fouls, especially in game seven. Bonehead fouls. Uh, There'll be times when everybody except for Nikola Jokic would be on a scoring drought. That definitely happened in Game 7. Game 7, they were up 15, no, 17 points in the second quarter, I believe. 17 points against a Trailblazers team. Who was out their third best player in, uh, what's his name? Nurk, Nurk, Nurkiv, Nurchiv, whatever his name is. The center. Who went out with a gruesome leg injury? They still don't have the third best player yet. They they couldn't they couldn't get it done. And we saw really early in these playoffs that while Jokic is the best player, this team goes. This team if if Jamal Murray is great, 
like having a great game, they usually win that game. Or having a good game, they usually win that game. If he's not, they're losing. It's hard being, and, and I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this in another in another podcast. But it's hard being the best player on your team as a center and winning. Because you're dependent on so much. Again, we'll talk about that on another podcast. Uh, if centers can, if you can win as a center being your best player in today's game. But we'll keep going. So that's why Jamal Murray and Gary Harris were so important. Because without them, <laughs> it's 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 going to be it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, and we saw and we saw that they didn't, especially Jamal Murray, the last game they didn't step up, or it was a struggle for them. I think that. Wow, the difference to me the difference between the Philadelphia and Denver is that Philadelphia is young, but they have issues, like serious issues. Denver doesn't have too many issues. I think that with Denver, they just have to mature with each other. They have a lot of pieces. Now, for the life of me, while before I keep going, I do not understand why Isaiah Thomas was not playing in this series. Isaiah Thomas is one of the only people on the bench that had playoff experience outside of Paul Millsap. Jamal Murray was struggling. Even the backup Morris, uh, was it Monte Morris or something? He went 0 for, I think, 13 in the playoffs from three. Now, while I don't know if he would have been, as in Isaiah Thomas would have been, he would have been a terrible matchup against Damian Lillard you could still put him in with backup play you can you can put him in with Steph Seth Curry I'm sorry Seth Curry's playing you can put him in on on Evan Turner or while Evan Turner's in the game I see that's something I didn't understand I I understand that the youth aspect and the fact that Isaiah Thomas is a little older he doesn't really, you know, he's not the best at passing the ball, but he still has playoff experience. So that's something I didn't understand, but the, the optimism should be high for Denver. Like I said, they're young, and it's not young with problems. Jamal Murray just had a had a tough series. He had a tough playoffs, actually. But if you look at the two teams that he played, you're going against one of the most experienced teams in NBA history in the Spurs, and then you're going against Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum in the next round. So I understand it was tough for Jamal, but Denver just needs to needs to continue to grow together and needs to continue to grow in the league. Jokic is only 24. And when you look at teams in the West, if if one piece moves and another piece moves, the West can be the not even the West. The NBA can be wide open. So I just think Denver, Denver to me is in a lot better spot right now than Philadelphia is. But both teams are very young. Well, the most important players on both teams are young. And on Portland's side, man, it it you know it's it's something to to. to it's something to really marvel when a player 
gives his all to a to a team, to a series, to a game. You know, we saw we saw Damian Lillard pretty much start not not like boohooing, but we saw him tearing up at the end of the end of the game seven. And Damian Lillard been through a lot, man. If you look, if you listen to his story, he's been through a lot. You know, not really recruited, had to go to Weber State. You know, he he reps the city of Oakland heavy. He's always been overlooked and doubted. Hell, even even today, he's still when we talk about the the best players in the league, we don't really talk about Damian that much. We might talk about him as one of the best point guards, but when we talk about the in totality of the players, we don't really talk about Damian Lillard that much. So for the fact that, you know, he's already come out and said he's loyal to the team and the team, you know, the he's gonna he wants to stay for life. And to see them get over the hump, not not only once, but twice. And two teams when they were heavy underdogs. In round one, while they are the seed higher than OKC, OKC on paper had the better players. From Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Stephen Adams, Damon Lillard, C.J. McCollum, what, Cantor? And and don't get me wrong. If you watched Game 7, Damon Lillard had a terrible offensive game. I believe he went like 3 for like 17 or 18. Now he did a lot of. I mean, he he had he damn near had a triple double, uh, and he didn't give up. You know, he he didn't. I don't I don't think he four shots, but he had a terrible game offensively or shooting the ball wise. Let me say that it was CJ McCollum who was, I think he had like thirty seven. It. <laughs> It's something to be said when uh, an under, this is, see, Portland is sort of like an underdog story in the NBA. Now, I know there's not too many underdog stories, but Portland is one of them. From being, from two years getting swept, of course, the first year getting swept, we understood because you went against a juggernaut in Golden State. The second year was unexcusable because you were the high ranked seed against the New Orleans Pelicans when all they really had was Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Rondo at the time. But to go from that to now playing in the Western Conference Finals, when, if you look at their road, like I said, you went against OKC where you were underdogs. You went against Denver when you were underdogs. Now you're about to play in the Western Conference Finals when you're underdogs. It's something to be said, man. And I think that's why... I think that's why Damian Lillard was as, as emotional. Because he understands the price, you know, the price that you pay. The You pretty much sacrifice your life to be as great. Some people, when you want to be as great, you sacrifice your life to be great. Some people do it uh, a lot more than others. Some people just make it to the NBA. Some people play in the NBA just for the money. Some people, you can tell Damian Lillard is the person that plays because he loves the sport. And 
his energy, while you can he can be having a terrible game, and then you look up and CJ McCollum's going off for 37. Or CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard can be having off games. You look up at Enos Cantor as 27 and 18. Enos Cantor, who was playing with a separated shoulder, by the way, and who was one of the worst defenders in the league. See, I think I think the energy of your leader resonates throughout the whole team. And that's what was wrong with Boston. When your leader and Kyrie Irving is aloof a little bit, sometimes has that me, me, me mentality, sometimes doesn't like passing the well, not sometimes, doesn't like passing the ball too much. Has a little spats with the media. Kind of wishy-washy what he says with the media. Kind of that demonstrative attitude. It resonates with the team. Hell, you can even say it with Russell Westbrook. There was reports when Russell Westbrook, uh, when, when Paul George was playing at an MVP level, it was Paul George's team. And it was a lot more calmer and smoother in the locker room. Players really knew they're, you know, they knew they can they can be free with themselves. And then when Paul George went down with that shoulder injury and it became Russell's team again, it got real tense. The personality of your best player or your leader resonates throughout the entire locker room. And that's what we saw. That's what we see with Portland. Damian Lillard has that never die mentality. Has that me against the world mentality. Has that underdog mentality. And we see that's how Portland always plays. And so far, it's worked for them. You know, it's it's always it's always something to be said where we always going into the season. Always, uh, Portland look on paper. They don't. They don't really have enough to be a playoff contender. Yet every year they're always in the playoffs. There's always, and that's because, like I said, that Damian Lillard mentality. And and, and that mentality got them to the Western Conference Finals. I didn't. If you if you asked me. Looking at the standings, who I thought the Western Conference Finals would be, I had Portland losing first round. Now that's that's on me, and I, and I and I own up to that. I was wrong, but that really shows you. That shows you, especially losing your third best player in Yosef Nurkic. That really that that sh- that that see, Portland has that never die spirit, man, and that's why that is why they are in the Western Conference Finals. And then lastly, we'll talk about the most anticipated, and yeah, anticipate, anticipate, anticipated, whatever <laughs> series in the playoffs, and that was the Golden State Warriors against the Houston Rockets.
before I go any further, there's a reason Houston is a was a four seed. You see, Houston has a lot of deficiencies, man. Now, they have one safety valve who is probably one of the best safety valves in the league in, in James Harden. But they have a lot of deficiencies from their defense, from two ball dominant or uh, ISO dominant, not being a great rebounding team at all, having a rigid or 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 not having a rigid or no ha- whatever having a having a scheme that doesn't change coming up small in big moments like the last game in the series when all they had to do was beat OKC and they would have been the second seed but they didn't and they dropped to four there's a lot of deficiencies with Houston but going into the series a lot of people felt it was a pick 'em pick 'em matchup. You had a completely a lot of people feel felt that Houston and I'm not one of these people that Houston should have would have beat Golden State if Chris Paul wouldn't have got hurt the last two games or two and a half games of the series. So you're going into this year, both team well, one team is completely healthy in Houston. One team is pretty much ninety five percent healthy because of course, DeMarcus Cousins is still out. This is the showdown that we wanted to see. This was the NBA Finals of of last year, pretty much. And we let's just let's just chronicle all the big moments that happened in this series. Both teams took court of took care of home court the first four games. Golden State winning the first two, Houston winning the second two. But if you look at those two games that Houston won, one was an overtime win. And one was a game where they were up like five po- no they were up like 10 10 points with like 2 minutes left and when you look at the final play they were down Golden State was down 3 Kevin Durant had a wide open 3 he missed Steph Curry they got the rebound Steph Curry pretty much had an open 3 he missed so if you look at both games that Houston won, Golden State could have very well swept Houston. But then you had the injury. For people that didn't watch or people that didn't know, which I don't how see, I keep saying that, but how are you a sports fan? You listen to my podcast, but you don't know big situations that happen. So I'm gonna stop saying for people that don't know. I'ma just I'm gonna just keep moving. <laughs> But the injury happened. Kevin Durant goes down. It looked like an uh, ACL tear, which I thank God it wasn't. It was a calf strain. He was out for the remainder of the series. At this point, Steph Curry was playing horrible, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. And 
Clay Thompson wasn't playing good. It really the only the only people that were playing good in the series for Golden State was Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, and one of them was out for the remainder of the series. So it's time for James Harden to step up. It's time for it's time for Chris Paul to step up and be the players that 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 many think you are. And from that moment. Golden State won both games, ultimately winning the series 4-2. You know, James Harden, we'll talk about James Harden and Chris Paul. James Harden, let's talk about James first. James Harden is one of the greatest shooting guards to ever play, one of. I'll give him top five, offensively. But don't get it twisted. This series took a huge hit to his legacy. You see, when we look at James, we look at being, you know, an offensive juggernaut, an offensive savant. But a lot of those are in the, not a lot, most of these performances, if not all of these performances, are in the regular season. When you look at James Harden playoff performances, he has so many bad moments. Going back to when he was at OKC, pretty much disappearing in the NBA Finals when they went against Miami. I feel if James Harden would have played better, OKC would have won that series. But James Harden disappearing. Then you go when he was on Houston. I think it's 2015 where he had, what, 13 turnovers? No. When he, uh, I think it was game one or two when he could have won the game, but he dribbles it pretty much off his leg in, in, in between Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and gets it turned over. In fact, that game, I believe he had 10 turnovers that game. He had a triple-double that game and turnovers. Triple-double the wrong way. We remember the the San Antonio series without Kawhi Leonard. You let Manu Ginobili come out of nowhere and block your shot. They lose the series. Even the series they won when they were in Houston against the Clippers. And Houston was looking dead in the water. You bench James Harden. And Houston makes this historic comeback and wins the series. Now, of course, they didn't bench him for the series, but... They played better with with James Harden on the bench than they did when he was on the floor. And then he goes this year or last year. He was a big part of the of of Houston missing 27 straight shots. A huge part. And then you have this year. You are Kevin Durant's out. DeMarcus Cousins is out. Golden State's bench is depleted. Golden State's, the remaining stars aren't playing too well. And it's, 
this series is for you to for you to win. And what happens? You come up short, not one, but two and a half games. No. Hmm. Two games. You are supposed to be, you are the reigning MVP or former MVP. Probably going to finish either first or second this year in MVP. It's it's for you to step up. And he didn't. James Harden, to me, is going to be viewed as a player. That is That is awesome in the regular season. That is one of the best offensive players to ever play the game. But just came up short in the big moments. And you know who else is going to come to me? He's going to have that legacy stamped to his name as well. Chris Paul. Hell, we remember the collapse. Like Chris Paul was part of that collapse with Houston against Clippers. We remember the collapse uh, against OKC when Reggie Jackson was killing him. We remember the collapse against the Spurs. It's either... Chris Paul gets hurt in, in in important situations or he just does some bonehead dumb shit. I thought once KD went down, now I knew Golden State could win and had a good chance. I mean, you still have a two-time MVP. You still have Klay Thompson. You still have DeMar- I mean, uh, Draymond Green. You still have Andre Gudala. I knew they could win, but I thought that go. I mean, Houston had their two superstars. And and Chris Paul. Chris Paul played great in game six. But played like absolute dog crap in every other game. He has hit that. To me, it looks like he's hitting that wall. And that's scary. that should be that should be terrifying for Houston because his extension hasn't even started yet. He he has one of the worst contracts in the league. Him, Russell Westbrook, sorry to stay, but John Wall, they have one of those three have one of the worst have some of the worst contracts in the league. Houston, they could win next year. Depending on how things move and shake in the West, they could win next year. But this this year will always be a huge, huge negative stamp on both James Harden's legacy and Chris Paul's legacy. And to be completely honest with you, I don't know if they can win next year due to the fact that Chris Paul is another year older. And he looks like he is laboring now. Golden, uh, Houston missed their opportunity. To me, Houston will go down as a team like Utah or a team like Phoenix 
or a team like the Trailblazers or the old, you know, back in the day, when you have the pieces to win, but you just run into a juggernaut. Whether it was the Phoenix Suns continued to run into the either San Antonio Spurs or you can be the Utah Jazz and the Trailblazers that continue to run up against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Houston continues to go up against Golden State and loses every time. Don't, 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 don't. I don't want to hear about the regular season because as we see, the regular season doesn't matter. I think the last two years, Houston has beat the season, has won the season series against Golden State and has lost every year in the playoffs. This is a huge legacy hit for James Harden. This is a huge legacy hit for Chris Paul. And this is also a huge legacy hit for Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni is known to have revolutionized an offense. But he's also known as being rigid in his offense, not caring too much about defense and being too reliant on on players, certain players. Hell, he he got Steve Nash two two MVPs, two MVPs while Kobe Bryant and Shaq were still in the league dominating. Mike D'Antoni has never been to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I'm sorry. He's never been to the NBA Finals. Never. Having Steve Nash. Having Carmelo Anthony. And having James Harden. He has never been to the NBA Finals. Kobe said it best. That ISO style is great and all, but it ain't going to win you championships. And we've seen year after year after year after year after year after year after year. Look at some of the most ISO-heavy teams. Kobe Bryant's Lakers. Without Shaq. Actually, towards the end. Kobe Bryant's Lakers. Russell Westbrook's OKC. James Harden's Houston Rockets. Carmelo Anthony's. New York Knicks. It's not going to, it doesn't, none of those equate to championships except for Kobe, but Kobe still had a second player who was dominant. Whether that was Shaq, Pau Gasol, he had second, Lamar Odom, he had second players. That ISO stuff ain't going to work. Not when a league when you have Golden State who averages like 30 assists a game. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. This 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 I don't mm. if you can't beat Golden State when their best player in Kevin Durant is out and your team is fully healthy, not to mention Steph Curry is playing awful. Klay Thompson is playing awful. Their best offense is Draymond Green and you still can't win. I don't think they'll ever win, honestly. I don't think they will ever win. And that goes over, that brings me over to the Golden State side. 
and I'm not going to focus on it because we all know how great Golden State is. But one thing I'm going to say. All throughout these playoffs, I've heard the same thing. Steph Curry is overrated. Steph Curry is overrated. Steph Curry is overrated. Steph Curry is overrated. And here's what I'll say to that. When has, in the history of the NBA, a two-time MVP, one of those two times was unanimous, a three-time champion, soon to be four-time, I believe, this year, but if not this year, a three-time champion, one of the, to me, top 20 greatest players ever, to me, one of the top five greatest shooting guards, I mean, uh, point guards ever. A person that revolutionized the game of basketball to what it is today. When has that person ever been overrated? I'll wait. You see, the thing that people like to hang their hat on is uh, Steph Curry always plays terrible in the playoffs. He always plays terrible in the playoffs. He always has somebody bailing him out. He always plays terrible in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Steph Curry averages 25 points in the playoffs. His his career playoff average is 25 points a game. Name me an overrated player that averages 25 points in the playoffs. Yes, I, some of the games that he, some of the things that he does are excuse, aren't excusable. Like sometimes he's a little lackluster with the ball. He's a little showboaty a little bit and 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 has bad turnovers sometimes. I'm looking at Game Seven of the NBA Finals. That was when he tried to go behind the back. That could have been an easy pass to uh, Clay Thompson. He had some bad turnovers. I think one game this year he had about eight eight turnovers. He he gets a little sloppy with the ball. And this year he has gone through a shooting drought. But you also got to realize he's playing with a dislocated finger. I understand that it's on his. Is his non-shooting finger, but you try doing anything with a dislocated finger. Let it, and, and it's not on your dominant hand. That's tough to do. Let alone play at a high level when everybody knows you have a dislocated finger. So they're swiping at it all the time and everything. And the thing about the playoffs. Is that the playoff? The refs let a lot of things go in the playoffs. They let a lot of physicality go. That's why James Harden isn't as effective offensively on the play in the playoffs that he is in the regular season. Because in the regular season, he averages what damn near thirteen free throws a game. That goes down to I think about nine in the playoffs. That those five extra extra free uh, free throw attempts is huge. Steph Curry is used to to. Softer defense, of course, in the in the in the regular season, when you know you you grab Steph Curry, you're going to the line. That don't they don't they don't call that anymore, right? In in the playoffs, too regularly. And from a, he he still is he has a small build. Yeah, he's six three, but he has a small build. So for a small build player, it's going to be tough. Fur. To get your shot off and to and to do what you got to do. 
So I, I don't want to hear that Steph Curry is overrated. For the people that say he's overrated, what I want to do is what 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 scale are you putting Steph Curry on? Like what what are you rating him? How is he overrated? What are you comparing him to to call him overrated? To me, that is what I need to see because looking at Steph Curry, there is no way to me that you can call somebody that great overrated unless you're comparing him to somebody or you have such a high standard for him that you probably don't have for somebody else that you should. Because there's no reason to me why he'll be overrated. And, you know, that showed in game six. Steph Curry had one of the one of his worst playoff halves, probably his worst playoff half of his career. Zero points. I think he was like 0 for, 0 for 7, 0 for 8 or something in the first half. Four turnovers. That's the only stats he had was turnovers and maybe a few assists and two, two uh, fouls. He had one of the worst halves of his career. And what does he do? Next, the second half, he comes out and drops 33 points, 24 points in the fourth quarter, which is the most points he's ever had in a playoff game. He finished the game with 33 points. And a lot of those buckets that he had in the fourth quarter were huge. Houston was still leading the majority of the game. Again, for people that call Steph Curry overrated, what are you, what are you, how, how are you rating him? Where should he be in your eyes? Because to me, a person that averages 25 points in a, a, a career in the playoffs, to me, is not overrated at all. Yeah, he has a couple bad games. I understand that. And yes, he has some tendencies that are a little off. I, I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't. But overrated? Okay. Okay. But let's not lose light of the fact that Golden State is still Golden State. Clay Thompson had an incredible game, six again. You know, it joked on Twitter. Uh, Clay Thompson's game six is probably the greatest player ever. <laughs> Look at the game sixes he's had. They've all been great. I said it's either him or game one NBA Finals LeBron or game what uh four or five Braun and and when they came back from three one when they when he dropped forty one each game. Greatest players ever. <laughs> Until I saw what Curry did the second half. Golden State's bench is lackluster to say the least. They had a they had a huge game five and game six this series. Kavon Looney was huge, especially with some of the offensive rebounds. Sean Livingston was huge uh, game six. Quinn Cook gave him some good minutes. Jared Jarekbo gave him some good minutes, surprisingly. But 
They were huge. And they're still they're still a little lackluster, but Golden State, you still have Curry, you still have Klay Thompson, you still have Draymond Green. There's reports that DeMarcus Cousins could come back in the in the Western Conference Finals. Pretty much we're expecting KD back. You still have five All-Stars. They're going to win. They're going to win it all, man. And I guess that, that, that just goes me into my prediction for next next round. I will say this. Between Portland and Denver, I don't think I think Golden State would have rather seen, seen Denver than Portland. While Golden State has a history of pretty much owning Portland in the playoffs, Damian Lillard still has goes crazy against Golden State. CJ McCollum still goes crazy at Golden State against Golden State. I don't think that they and 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 Portland right now is a hot team. I don't think Golden State wanted to see them. Now, do I think Golden State's worried about them? No. Outside of I think this is the first series you're gonna see. You're gonna need a third player, homie. <laughs> yo yo uh Joseph Nurkic is going to be missed sorely in this. Not saying Golden State has a huge, you know, point paint presence, but without DeMarcus Cousins, of course, but he's going to be missed. I think Golden State wins this in six games, honestly, if that. Golden State is too too talented when they're off. And this is, of course, now if. KD does not come back. This series can most definitely go seven games. But if KD comes back fully healthy and continues to tear that he's on, yeah, this game's going six, maybe five, maybe six. And that, but, but we'll see. And and that leads me to my next, my next, the next series, which is Milwaukee and Toronto. To me, the two best teams, now yes is one and two, so that's clearly the two best teams in the East, but these two have been the two best teams in the East by a country mile. Hell, Milwaukee had the best best uh, record in the in the league, in the entire league, and Toronto, they've, they, the reason why they're second to me is, or, or they finished second is because they rested Kawhi most of, they must have like 25 games. And that, to me, this is the this is the first time Giannis will be tested, because you're going against arguably the best defender in the league. You you ain't seen no animal like you like you about to see Kawhi Leonard. I have this game. I have this series going seven, and I have Toronto and Golden State in the NBA Finals. That uh, it look. This is going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy conference finals. It's it's going to be something 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 serious. 
and I and and I'm excited, man. Remember, there was a story that came out that uh that I think the the ratings are down like thirty percent because LeBron ain't playing. But this is one of the most exciting playoffs I've seen in a while. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a foregone conclusion of who might win or who might be in the finals, but this has been exciting. This has been incredibly exciting. Um, damn, I just had to talk about the NBA for an hour. Before. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the KP fight. Um, uh. Christos Porzingis was overseas and I guess he was at a club or a party and got jumped or something and left out bloody. All I'll say about that is, bro, you're already coming off an injury. You're highly important to Dallas right now. Just get your ass out the put your, sit your ass down somewhere, man. Recover. Get some shots up. Don't don't be doing crazy shit like that, man. Like what are you doing? <laughs> you you're not a, you got to chill. You got to chill. Shit like that don't fly, man. You know, yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, what else? Um I could talk about the NCAA ruling to extend three-point line, which makes no freaking sense. This and this goes back to Steph Curry revolutionizing revolutionizing the game of basketball. Or the three-point line. The reason why the N the NCAA is proposing to extend the three-point line, A, more kids or more athletes are shooting them at a record pace and they're hitting them at a record pace. This wouldn't happen if Steph Curry wasn't doing what he's doing. This is a stupid, stupid proposal to me. Don't, don't, don't make it harder for players. Not everybody can shoot threes. And this is, this is a wave. Yes, this is a wave that's been going on for a brick now, but this is a wave. And... This is a wave. Don't that's look NCAA. Just keep it how it is, man. Hell, the NCAA is still exciting and still one of the most, especially in March, one of the most watched sports in 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 the United States. So what are you doing, man? Just just chill out, chill out. You're being hyperbolic. Let it live, man. Let it live. <laughs> you don't need to be. You don't need to extend nothing. That's a stupid proposal. Don't just just stop. Just just chill. Uh, anything else before I get to the popular topic of the week? Uh, nah. Let's let's get to the popular topic of the week. Oof! Come on, Jay, get it together, bro. <laughs> I know it's early, man. Come on. All right, man. Let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular. 
unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy, he's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. You know they say that Father Time is undefeated. And they're absolutely right. Some players like LeBron James or like Jamal Crawford or players, Tom Brady, they defy logic. I mean, you look at Jamal Crawford. He doesn't look like he's 38 years old. LeBron James has played, it's like 34 I believe, but he he's played so much bad. He's played the like if you put all the basketball miles on him, he's probably like 38, 39. And Tom Brady's 40. Un Father Tom is undefeated, but of course, like I said, there's some player there's some people that are postponing Father Time's arrival. And then there are some people. That Father Tom's calling your name, bro. Not only is he calling your name, he has his hand on his, on your shoulder. You just are, you're not, you're not giving it up, bro. And you should. There's nothing worse than overstaying your time and tarnishing what you've done. So this weekend, Anderson Silva, who in my eyes is one of the greatest MMA martial arts fighters of all time. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. His greatness is is shouldn't be questioned at all. But Anderson Silva had a fight against Israel Adisane, whatever his name is. And he lost. In fact, Anderson Silva has lost, I believe, his last four fights. Last three or last four fights. And out of those last three or four, he's been injured in three of them. He got injured this weekend. A leg injury. Anderson Silva is 44 years old. Still fighting. Again, to me, he will go down in history. As one of the greatest fighters of all time. But it's time to give it up. If you listen to retired players. Athletes. They always say the hardest thing about. Their professional career. Was knowing when it's time to give it up. And knowing when it's time to continue to push. Hell Shannon Sharp said it. It's. 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 You get to a point where you just can't do it anymore. You're looking at players around you, and you're like, you can't keep up.
Oh, I'm sorry. Anderson Silva's he fought this weekend was Jared Connier. Canyoner. Canyoner. I don't know. Jared something. And he got knocked out the first round because he got injured. This was on Saturday. And and it's not just Anderson Silva, man. We're looking at you, Eli Manning. There should be no reason why you continue to be amongst the leaders in sacks as well as interceptions. You're getting old, bro. Give it up. Look. Again, athletes say that the hardest part about their career was knowing when it was over and accepting, not knowing, because you know when it's over, but accepting when it's over. And overstaying, tarnishing your legacy. People aren't gonna, people aren't gonna look at Michael Jordan, right, and and think that his legacy was the Wizards years. However, they always do bring up those Wizards years because they were there. Nobody's gonna talk about. Hakeem Olajuwon in the Raptors years, but they were there. Patrick Ewing, when he played for the Magic, they were there. Hell, we look at his greatness, but nobody talks about how bad Dirk Nowinski was his last few years because he's old. He went out gracefully, but that's... Him and Kobe going out was kind of like, you know, <laughs> they were just great players and their fans loved them and everything, but they still were, were passed over it. Hell, Vince Carter's teething on that right now. Talking about, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I want to stay another year. He continues to say that. Now, of course, out of respect, of course, he's going to get a contract, but. People are waiting on Vince to get going, man. Look, man, I love Anderson Silva, man. I really do. But when it's time, it's time, bro. And you getting knocked out because you had a leg injury in the first round. And you getting injured, I believe, the last three or four times. Or three out of three out of four times. It's time to get up, Anderson. And this is a cautionary tale to athletes. When you know it's up, when you know it's time, it's time. It's just accepting that. That doesn't make you less of anybody. Like I said, Shannon Sharp said the hardest thing for him was to accept when it was over. Anderson Silva, Anderson, Spider-Man, Silva, it's over, bro. You will still go down as one of the greatest fighters ever, but don't tarnish your legacy. Trying to do something that you can't do anymore. And that's just a cautionary tale to all athletes. Do not, when it's up, when it's over, it's over. When it's over, that doesn't take away from all the success that you had. It's just time to move on. 
and don't don't hang on because you're because because i'm trying to tell you man it it's not it it gets to to me you're 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 sacrificing not only your legacy but you're putting yourself in danger again anderson silva was injured three of i believe three of the last four times and one of those times the man got in trouble for taking like a substance that he was supposed to take come on bro do not overstay your playing life flying to say the least it's okay to leave man it's okay to leave on top it's okay to leave when it's time to leave just don't don't get hurt staying over overstaying and don't don't tarnish all the the legacy that you built trying to live out a dream that you just can't live up anymore and with that being said man let's let's quickly get to the game of the week game blouses i call game expect the game it's game time no game it's the game of the week. So I'm gonna just keep this simple, man. The game of the week is the second round of the, uh, I mean, the Eastern Conference, I mean, Western, Eastern, I'm sorry, Eastern Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals is exciting, man. To me, you got, you got Toronto against <laughs> Milwaukee. One of the best defensive teams against one of the best players. Kawhi against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kyle Lowry against Eric Bledsoe. Marcus Gasol against Brooke Lopez. There's so many storylines in this. Will Kawhi Leonard make it back to the... Will lead Toronto to their first uh, NBA Finals ever? Will, Mil- will Giannis continue his MVP-like season and propel the bucks who've been on it who've been tear who've been you know juggernauts this year to the finals who's gonna win between Giannis and Kawhi Leonard who's a better player like there's so many storylines in this matchup that it has to be my game of the week I believe the first game is Wednesday in two days at nine o'clock or seven o'clock one of them two I know it's Wednesday though this series to me is is more exciting than the Western Conference. Now the Western Conference is good too, but this is I'm excited, just like I was excited, not maybe not as excited that I was with Golden State against Rockets. I'm excited about this. There this this team is so both of these teams to me are so evenly matched that I, whoever goes out I'm I'm not mad at it all. And I wouldn't be surprised because they're 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 all great. They're both these teams are great teams. So my game of the week is going to be Wednesday in two days, I believe at seven o'clock. Milwaukee against Toronto. And there you have it, man. I want to appreciate you guys, man. I, I really do. 
I keep saying that there's a big announcement on the way and that is coming. Trust me, I'm working behind the scenes. I'm working behind the scenes. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening. Man, I hope you have I hope y'all continue to have great days, man. I really do. I hope that you guys continue to have long, beautiful days. Um and continue to do y'all thing, man. I really, you know, just just keep 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 shining, man. For people that's doing for people that's in this podcast world, well shit. I'm still new in this podcast world. So this is what, episode 47, 48, something like that. But uh again, just keep going, man. Keep going. Keep going. Again, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Unpopular Podcast. Please subscribe. For people that listen to my YouTube, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please share. Please subscribe. Even if you listen to my SoundCloud, my iTunes, my Spotify, just subscribe to the channel, man. It would mean so much to me if you subscribe. Uh, again, it means it means a lot to me that you're even coming to listen, that you're clicking on the link to listen. But please subscribe. It, it, again, it would mean the world to me. I do appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Yeah. Love. For them niggas, though. Let them die slow. For them. Look. I've been in the studio for 80 hours. I miss birthdays and baby showers. I wish I could do everything I want and be everywhere at once, but I need crazy powers. Watch when you get the light. Those are shady hours. That's when niggas start popping out the woodwork. You know they want a favor when they ask you, is you good first? I tell them, piss off. I'm trying to make an album so good that everyone involved gonna be rich off. Mama love could go and pay the crib off. Never been an exit. Where the fuck the niggas get off? I am the original, the sequel and the spinoff. How the fuck y'all gonna flex on me with some shit that I lynch y'all When I shoot, I catch a body and knock a limb off Boy, you a worker, not a bit off This is not a street you wanna quit off This is the floor that had the kid Up in Cali crib with the kicks off So let them niggas starve, let them niggas starve Yeah, yeah, if he die, he die He ain't one of us, I just go Get the ball, go a hundred yards, niggas know Madden flow, I don't punt it all, nigga You know how niggas play Madden It be like 4th and 35 and Niggas still going for it Nigga, that's me, boy I ain't never point, I'ma always go for it, nigga. Come up with this Hail Mary or something. I'ma make a play. Watch! Yeah. This bitch and that ain't nigga that's what I mean, shit, though. Every time I miss a call, I was fucking. You don't wanna see me end up with nothing. Jump to conclusions, come up with something. Question every girl that's in my circumference. You question shit like you Wonder Woman. You gotta stop believing everything that you feel. And just cause you think it, don't mean that it's real. Shit, I need an apology. You always bringing out this side of me. You act like being with you is hitting the lottery. To the point where seeing your tears don't even bother me. You count my mistakes like the calories and point them out to me. You so busy trying to catch me in the wrong. You supposed to be looking out for me. Fuck be going on. You drunk off the set of home. Not right now. Not while I'm in the zone. Don't you see a nigga out here trying to get the shit off? City got a ceiling on it, trying to get the lid off. Next, I'm too close for fake friends and new folks. Or old ones that said I'ma help in blue smoke. I should have been cut them off, but they cheated death. Now I respond to their phone calls via text. Why they wanna do the most when they needed less? They said, yo, it's been a minute, I'ma need a sec. Thought I'd been cut them off, but they cheated death. Watch folks do the most when you need them less. Hey.